Filmed shortly after Y2K erased most child labor laws in Canada, Ding Dong High is known as the action park of kids' television shows. Infamous for accidents and deaths both on and off set, Ding Dong High left many damaged child stars in its wake, two of which are hosting a brand new podcast, Ding Dong Watch Along. Join Cody and Hooch once again and get all the juicy behind-the-scenes tidbits you can handle. Learn the true story of Ding Dong High. Subscribe to Ding Dong Watch Along now. En USPS entregamos más paquetes para que tú también puedas hacerlo. ¡Llegaron mis zapatos de fútbol! Más rápido de lo que esperaba. ¿Entrega para la futura deportista? ¡Huepa! Llegó la sortija y le va a encantar. Está en ella. ¿Entrega para una futura esposa? ¡Oye! Llegó mi nueva computadora. ¿Entrega para una futura startup? En USPS, sin importar el negocio que tengas, siempre estaremos entregando por ti. Entregamos para todos. Conoce más en USPS.com diagonal para todos. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, this is Connor from Podcasts. Um, this is hard for me to do. Um, well, I fricked up. I fricked it up. I fricked it right up, and I fricked, I fricked the pooch. Um, so the other day, I took Shane to one of these VR places where you can test out VR and you can you can see how it works and you put the goggles on you have fun you're in a, you're in a, a make believe world um he got stuck somehow he it did not come across to him that these were video games um he thinks he's in the matrix and normally that's like well you're not you're not in the matrix but he keeps calling me agent doyle um and keeps referring to the guy that runs the place as the architect, and it's 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 freaking us out. He thinks he has powers. He doesn't. He's already ruined three of the machines that they have there, and they hook him up to other ones. He says, I don't care. Money doesn't exist in the Matrix, which it actually kind of does, and it's missing the point. It, anyway, he's been trying to learn how to bend bullets, which is also wanted, so I don't know why he's doing that. Um, but I, I can't get him out of there. I know what you're thinking. Like, oh yeah, you can get him. You can't. If you take it off, it's like waking a sleepwalker up. He will just lose it. He won't know where he is. Right now, he thinks he's in the middle of VR chat. He thinks that's normal. He thinks that's the real world now. Uh, so what we're slowly going to do is as he falls asleep, uh, we'll remove the goggles when he's in in sleep mode, and then we're all gonna dress like characters in VR chat. I'll be that little knuckles idiot, and uh, we'll go around and be like, "Do you know the way?" And then see if we can get him to come with us back into reality with some sort of slow detox and get the VR out of his system. So it's been a week of that, and uh, we haven't been able to record. Uh, new power hour or new power hour bonus hour so i threw in a crossover from my personal podcast uh and i think you guys will like it i think it's pretty cool and um hopefully we can get shane back on track because i uh i miss my friend um so anyway without further ado enjoy hardcore high school history december 7th it's history. 2001, a day that will live in infamy. It's high school. Because 
I actually touched Kelsey P's left boob. Yes, I did. Yes, I did, Bradley. I swear to God. The events. I take pride in the words, I really, really like E-Bomb's world. E-Bomb's world is the shit. It's hardcore high school history. In the last episode, we posed a question. What separates the men from the boys? Or the ladies from the girls, if you're of that persuasion? You know, we could say things like it's integrity and the vivacity and the willingness to do the right thing in the face of overwhelming odds. Sure, sure. Maybe it is. Maybe the criteria has changed and will continue to change over our many years. But back in 2005, in Aurora High School, the criteria was clear as crystal and everybody knew it. Back then, you grew up one way and one way alone through the deadly game called Bloody Knuckles. Now, before we jump into this, I want to warn some of our more squeamish listeners that this will get graphic. We will be talking about Knuckles, the bloody kind. I've always been intrigued. I've had a, an interest, a passing, sick, perverted interest in these sorts of games that we play. Actual games that reaffirm our social status. That allow us to dictate, well, yes, you will lead us because you have the bloodiest knuckles. But more than the fact that they exist, why do we take part? Why do we find them so alluring? Are we just trying to show off in front of Karen because we can see her whale tail? Maybe it's the obvious answer. Maybe it's, well, you know, we just, we don't have much to do and Mike has a spare, so we're just hanging out and might as well play some knuckles. Part of me thinks it's the more cynical answer. The more sadistic reason. We go for the blood. Now, for those of you that are not aware, there is a game called Bloody Knuckles. And I say game lightly. It's not such a stretch of the imagination to picture the game of Bloody Knuckles transported from our modern-day cafeterias back through time and be just as at home in the Roman Colosseum. With the gladiators and the lions and Emperor Neo. It's a blood sport like any other. Now, how does the game of Bloody Knuckles work? There are many sources on the subject, and you find that the rules differ depending on who you talk to. My favorite description of the game was written on a note that was passed to me in my third period math class by Jeremy Ellison. Ellison writes, quote, The crowd that had been assembled was enormous, like none ever witnessed before. Some in the crowd must have been skipping fourth period. The opponents entered and sat down at either end of the table, making eye contact and pleasantries. The referee left the cafeteria line with one soggy undercooked cookie. He placed it on the table between them. The prize for victory. A reminder of what they fight for. The referee produced a quarter from his pocket and pointed to one of the players. 
call it, he said. Tails, the knuckler said defiantly. The coin was flipped, and to the caller's dismay, it was Tails. He would pay for his hubris. The dummy bunched up his fists and put them on the table, knuckles down, facing his opponent. Ellison continues. The referee handed the winner the quarter, who began to practice his shot, sliding the quarter along the table, trying to find the right trajectory to inflict maximum damage. He looked as if he were about to release the quarter. His opponent flinched like a little bitch. The crowd gasped, for they all knew that the penalty for being a little bitch was upping the coin size. The referee produced a loony from his pockets. The loony, also known as the Endecagon from Hell, was famous due to the damage that its eleven sides could inflict upon a man's knuckles. This time, the coin flinger did not hesitate and released the loony with great force across the table to his opponent's knuckles. I regret to say that in this moment I had a weakness of character and closed my eyes. Although I was shielded from the sight of blood, the screams from the loser will haunt my dreams until basketball practice after school today. End quote. Now it's easy to get lost in the numbers and statistics of these sorts of things. So-and-so defeated so-and-so with a quarter on such-and-such a day. But I like to imagine what it would be like to be one of those people playing bloody knuckles. Sitting down at that 20-year-old cafeteria table, seeing your opponent across from you, making eye contact, knowing that you've got a crush on his sister. The spectators around you cheering and jeering. You put your knuckles down on the table and wait. What goes through your mind at a time like that? Would you be calm? Would you need to mentally prepare yourself for that point, or do you just throw yourself right in? I don't know the answer. Maybe nobody does. But what I do know is that kids will continue to play bloody knuckles, and they will continue to have crushes on their other friends' sisters. Join me next week when we go over the now famous tragic tale of my buddy Steven, who was so stoked to smoke this entire bowl of Keef, that's weed crystals, but had his dream snatched from him by the cruel mistress that we call the wind. Thank you. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Over the next 10 years, Comcast is committing $1 billion through Project Up to reach tens of millions of people with the opportunities and resources they need to build a world of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at comcast.com slash projectup.